Welcome to ZPM. I'm Teresa. And I'm Lenny. How is your quarantine going so far? It's fine. I've been watching a lot of stuff and, you know, a lot of press conferences by, you know, Mr. Trump, Ugh. who told us to, <laughs> who told us to inject in disinfectant into our bodies. He's the worst. And I'm, I'm like, I'm going to stop you there. He makes me angry and I want to stay happy because Stargate makes me happy. It does. Are you learning anything new? Uh, not at the moment, no. I just, I haven't done anything this week. I just lounged around. I feel bad because I see that you're not alone in your quest for that. My husband himself has played a lot of Grand Theft Auto in recent days. Ah, how's it going with that? Uh, it's going just like it was when he played it the first go around. <laughs> but I feel bad because I feel like I'm like hyper motivated, where previously I was not. Mm -hmm. So I'm like having the opposite reaction. I've uh, uh. I've been sewing, I've been sewing a lot. I have uh, paintings. I have uh, a bunch of Wiccan stuff that I've been doing. I clean. I I do. I'm built garden boxes in my backyard. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that on Facebook. I have to start doing that probably this week. I know tomorrow's a good day, like a nice day out, so I'll probably start it then. Yeah, we really had to bang out those garden boxes because I knew it was going to rain all day Sunday and Monday at time of recording. Although I, we could honestly be recording this any week, and what you... it feels like for the last month every Sunday and Monday has been raining. Oh uh, yeah. What uh? What are you planning to grow? I have some lettuces and uh, tomatoes, of course. I have some alfalfa sprout that I love. Oh, that's... I love them in my sandwiches, and they never sell them at the store. So I'm like, what if I grow my own? <laughs> <laughs> that's a staple, though. Everybody seems to be growing like tomatoes. Well, that's a New York staple for sure. Mm -hmm. I'm not good at any of this, by the way. No. <laughs> yeah, and in the picture of those boxes, it looks nice, but... None of those lines are even. They're all cut from old uh, an old shipping crate or two that I had picked up from work. Mm -hmm. And I used only a jigsaw to cut everything. And it is crooked is the nicest thing I could say about it. Oh, okay. But, you know, I do my best. Oh, okay. All right. That's cool. You know who else does their best? Who does their best? Stanley. The Stargate crew. <laughs> Yay! We got there. Yep. Uh, this is the the season premiere of season two that we're going to get right mm -hmm. into it. Daniel, so this is the called open. Uh, and it says Daniel's, I put down Daniel real quick to include himself in that, oh, into a bigger deck because he puts the C4 in the room that he is in. Yeah. I'm like, for a guy who talked Jack out of killing himself, somebody's in an awful big hurry to kill himself. Right. I'm like, <sighs> but then a light grenade comes in and everybody passes out. Yeah, everybody gets knocked out and it's like, oh. So they wake up in jail and blind after that cold open. Here's a question. Why didn't they just kill them right then and there? I don't understand. I mean, I know the plot demands that they don't get killed right then and there. But if I was <laughs> a system lord... I'd be like, uh, I don't want to savor anything. Please just kill them. Every time I've tried to savor the moment. <laughs> it's the villain uh, monologue thing. You know, it's like, oh, we have the upper hand. Why 
should I kill them right away? Why not? Let, not why not wait? You can watch your planet explode. I'm like, or you could take a practical right? approach and kill them and worry about it later. <laughs> yeah. But where's the fun in that? I'm obsessed with Daniel Jackson now. <laughs> <laughs> like his attitude toward everything and everything that he's thinking. Like when they wake up blind, Sam and Jack, Daniel seems to have been awake for quite some time with his blindness. <laughs> right. He's a, he's like a real mixed bag. <laughs> <laughs> Like, sometimes he's real empathetic toward the plight of something, but in other times he's like, might as well just kill ourselves. Yeah. It takes a real ray of sunshine in this scenario, too. He's not exactly being like, don't worry, we could get out of this. <laughs> he's like, we are doomed. Yeah, Tilk has always been a real ray of sunshine in these, in these shows all the time. Uh, I was right from my previous guess that they're going to stick Skara in the sarcophagus, which they do. They always seem to find these things. A magical sarcophagus lying around? Yeah. A magical MacGuffin. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they do that thing that I don't, I don't really like that much, where they jump between locations too quickly, because they're going to do it in this episode a lot, where they jump between the ship and the SGC. Mm-hmm. Sanders is a nightmare. That's his name, right? Sanders. Samuels. I think. Yeah, he keeps uh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Samuels. Is... Yeah, he's a big chi- he's a big chicken. Oh my god, he is the guy from Independence Day that winds up in a Jewish prayer circle at the end because he's like new. Right. <laughs> he's the one that's like, hey, this is not going to work. I can't believe. He's like, we got a knack with it. I called him a knack nuke. Knack with a nuke, nuke weapons. <laughs> and, it, and they never like, I don't know, they never test these things out. They're like, oh, it's going to work. It's going to work. No, yeah. How would he know that that was, he's like, it's like a billion Hiroshima's. You mark my words. It'll be blah, 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 blah. And they're like, are you sure? Like, yes, yes. If it doesn't work, then, you know, we'll find something else. It's like Samuels didn't even watch Independence Day since you told me this came out after Independence Day came out. <laughs> right? I don't know. All right, they go back to the ship because they're they're doing a lot of switching about. They use the transporter rings, which I feel come in handy later, as they often do whenever they are shown. Yeah. And then uh, Apophis is talking, and there's a very familiar voice coming out of one of the... <laughs> Jaffa. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, I was like, I think that's... I get so excited to recognize a voice without seeing the face. Because I'm like, I know that voice. Where's that voice from? I recognized a voice the other day on a Toyota or some such commercial. I don't remember what car company mm-hmm. it was. And I was like, that voice is so familiar. And I just shut my eyes. And I had to play the commercial over and over again until I got who it was. It was the FBI agent that was also a spy in numbers yes I, so I, I don't remember numbers i haven't i didn't really watch it uh you should watch it it's really good it has mr universe in it i know i know i've been i've been meaning to but is it on netflix or is it on like amazon prime question marks it's on one of them i don't think it's netflix. i'll find it i think it's hulu i'll find it do it it's um 
good. These things aren't hard to find. Good backgroundy stuff for when I don't know you're painting. You're painting like you don't need. It's not one of those highly visual things that you need to yeah. see like necessarily. You know how procedural works. I don't have to tell you. I mean, yeah. Okay. But it's cool. I'll watch. I'll I'll watch it eventually. Okay. So they do that tiny scene. Back to the game. Uh, they do that tiny scene with the transporter rings and the familiar voice. And then they flash right back to the SGC to talk more about yep. Naquita nukes. Really testing Hammond's and, patience. Yeah, Hammond's not having any of it. He's just like, what What are you talking about? Uh, yeah, I don't get... Shouldn't we evacuate some people? He's like, no, we don't have to. Oh my goodness. I mean, I feel like Hammond had no patience to begin with. I mean, this <laughs> is just a bridge too far for him, I feel like. Yeah, but he really had no patience with this guy. He like you could tell like ten more seconds he would have punched him in the face. That would have been so good. Speaking of punches <laughs> in the face, the next scene is back over on the spaceship and Braytac punches Jack in the face. Right? <laughs> He's like, You idiots. Oh, I can't Braytac really has it out for Jack and I love that. Somebody's gotta show that guy what's what. Rain him in a little bit. Daniel can't be the only one who always gets beat up, which he is always the one who gets beat up. Until later seasons when he becomes all jacked. Like, what happened to yeah. little Daniel Jackson, who was like, oh, I can just shoot guns with two hands, I can't. And then he comes back. <laughs> and, like, comes back a little brolic. Yeah, I'm like, whoa, what happened to him over the summer? Okay, so Braytech punches Jack. There's a guard standing right behind them when, when it's time to uh, break down what's really going on here. Can he not hear them? Or is he that's what that, that's what I was asking. I was like, what, shouldn't you be saying this like somewhere more private in front of no one? Like Britek makes the look around like he's like, we're all undercover here. You understand? And I'm like, isn't that a guard right behind you? Is that your guard or is that just a random? Maybe that was yeah. Maybe 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 that was his. Yeah, he's like, I've got three guys on this ship. I'm like, three guys. That is not enough guys. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think in this in in this show I don't think they get the concept of like resistance. I mean, three guys is tough, and I certainly hope that that guard is one of them. <laughs> Hammond, I don't remember the joke now because I have a very poor memory. But I put down wishful thinking, which is a snap that Hammond sends over to Samuels, and it's a sick burn, baby. I'm trying to remember the joke. What I was don't the remember joke it. <laughs> <laughs> the punchline is wishful thinking. Uh, I didn't have because I, I when I write my notes I write them down as uh, it's happening. Wishful thinking. Because Hammond's had enough of Samuels anyway. Aw, they look so <laughs> sad when they have to be like we have space shuttles to Braytac, and he was like, surely these are formidable shuttles, and they're like, yeah, yeah, they're like, why, yeah, yeah, sure, and he's just like, oh, what am I working with? Oh my goodness. I felt so bad. I was like, oh, no. Like, ah, oh, <laughs> shuttles must look like Legos to them. No wonder they were like, we'll easily take out. Don't even worry about this world. It's nonsense. Uh, Corral rises up out of his... Oh, Hammond evacs everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he's like, I mean, we can't really not evacuate everybody. Uh, and that, because that's that, that jump back and forth. Now we're back to the ship. Corral rises. Oh. Jack suggests that they switch ships because they're on the C4 yeah. they're on the C4 ship and if they can get over to Apophis's non-C4 ship maybe they live. Yeah, I think that that was what that was the plan was. Yeah, that was that was the plan. 
back over to the SGC. Samuels is going to set off his Nakwita nukes because he's a lame-o. I can't believe he didn't think up that name and put, like, a little R next to it. Or, like, paint his face on one of the warheads. Oh, my God. <laughs> This is going to be embarrassing because he's so excited that I'm like, I don't remember whether or not a nuclear warhead was going to work, but I for sure know it's not going to work because look at Just, him. Uh, nukes never work. Seriously. Back on the ship. Carell has to go put the shields up, but uh, he's stuck and he's not doing it right away. And I wonder if that's an influence of, what's his name? Of Skara. Of Scar on it, but eventually he gets his act together. Shields go. Up. I think he mentions it to his dad, to Apophis too. He's like, uh, the entity inside me is taking is is too strong, you know. And, he, and Apophis is like, "What are you talking about? You're my son. Yeah, really. You can control this thing." Oh my god! I was like, "Yeah, way to <laughs> blame the wrong like the gold blame the wrong people for what goes on around the world, like around their yeah system. They just do they just do the wrong things." Like, you're going to blame your son for the SG team getting on the base. That's not him. That's not on him. <laughs> he didn't invite. It's not like he invited them up and it was like a, a like the black dinner or anything like that. Like, right? It wasn't, it's not like that. It's not like that, Apophis. Grow up. <laughs> it's not how it went down, Apophis. Right, Dad? <laughs> Seriously. He should be more uh, defiant. I agree. I agree with Tilk's analysis. If you can pit them against each other, that would be good. Or that was Braytech's analysis. There was no impact, of course, from the the nuclear warheads. No, because I guess uh, Samuels forgot that they might have shields. Yeah, like... Uh, I, some kind of protection. I, now, you know Hammond knows that they have shields. He for sure knows that. He so, probably, yeah, he does. Do you think he withheld he did that? The, he probably did the whole, just, just wait. Yeah, like <laughs> I want to see how this plays out. He doesn't tell Samuels because he's like... It's too good. It's too good. I'm not going to tell him. <laughs> I'll let him find out the hard way. He just wanted that I told you so moment. Oh my god, that would be great. Very Hammond. <laughs> I wrote down that Jack is a good shot somehow with those Zat guns is what they're using, right? Mm -hmm. And then back over to the GC. I love how... Go on. No, I love how in the corridor, like when they're fighting, how Braytech always tries to one-up him, one him. I like And they it. always try to one-up each other. That was cool. I do like... um. I like their sense of uh, rivalry for, like, being in charge, I guess. Yeah, he's like, not bad for an old man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Great time. Oh, I love him so much. Uh, Hammond tells the president to escape. Back to the ship. Corell is having control issues. That's where he tells his dad that yeah. he can't control uh, his host. And his dad's like, you're no son of mine or whatever. Yeah, he's like, what are you talking about? You're an idiot. On it. Seriously, like, don't tell them. Like, see, that's why kids don't tell their parents stuff. Because this is what they get back. Uh, yeah. Back to the SGC. See? There's a lot of bouncing. Uh, Hammond, mm -hmm. Samuels is like, I think I should escape. And another sick burn coming in from Hammond and goes, I'm sorry, that's for the best and brightest. You'll be staying behind. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. He is. It's like, you, you're going you're gonna to do what a leader does and stay behind. And defend this facility uh, to the last man. Hammond is relentless. He's like, I'm sorry, we're only sending our best and brightest. That's not you, my man. <laughs> right. It's so good. He's uh, he's mean. Uh, Dana Scully's dad is something else. Of course, Daniel, so we're back on the ship. Of course, Daniel gets shot because he's always getting shot. Yeah. 
Because he, he always tries to, like, when he, is this the one where he, like, two guns it, and then he gets shot, and he misses? He misses every shot horribly, because he's holding <laughs> guns in two hands, one of which is an automatic machine gun. Exactly. So it's not like it's two pistols, and he's Antonio Banderas and can handle it. He can't. No. He what gets shot, he... and he's like, he does the heroic, go on without me! I mean, I'm just... Daniel has shot a gun before. He must understand the kickback principle of a gun and an, uh, a machine gun at that. Yeah, he's been there long enough to know. I mean, even a pistol has a pretty strong uh, kickback. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he went through some kind of military training while on the base, and they educated him a little bit about, you know, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> well, I'm glad he didn't hit even a single shot by doing that dumb butt move. <laughs> And then Jack's like, can't leave a man behind, Daniel, let's go. And he's like, leave me to die. Leave me, go on without me. I'm not that important. I'm so dramatic, I've got your back, even though I definitely do not. <laughs> if I was on that ship, I'd be like, like you did before. I mean, it's not like you were hitting targets, you know what I mean, Daniel? I, oh my god. So, and Jack leaves him, and I'm a little like, good. <laughs> he's not helping you right now not like in a he can't help you in the future way like how is he gonna have you back half of him is shot and the other half he's is... gonna he's gonna read his non-dominant hand i'm quite sure <laughs> so they leave and apophis blames his son for the sg team for having more people than he knew about how would he right. know especially like, why didn't you do any kind of recon or anything how would corell know that there were two other people on board that he didn't account for. If he's having trouble controlling Scar inside, Scar's withholding the information that he definitely knows that that group travels in a pack of four. Exactly. That, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, he, he doesn't have full control, so why would he know, you know about that stuff if he can't even control Scar? Yeah, he wouldn't know. And Apophis is worst dad ever. That's a bad plan. <laughs> is I put that quote down. <laughs> I guess everybody. That's bad. Oh, great text plan for dying honorably. <clears throat> uh, oh yeah, I forgot about that. And now we die. <laughs> they uh, they're gonna send the endeavor up with I don't know what I don't know what. <laughs> That's back at the SGC. They're like we're gonna um, send up the endeavor with what exactly? Yeah, for, for uh, I think it was like a uh, um, uh, uh, for satellite confirmation. That is bad. To see what was going on, because they had no idea. Yeah, because they had no idea what was going on. So they're going to. They were going to send up. Okay, they're going to send up the endeavor to like, like see what was happening, because they were getting reports that stuff was happening, but they couldn't see it. You are right. I can't believe we would be annihilated. The fact that <laughs> down the line, Tilk's going to mention the uh, arrogance factor uh, in in the next episode. He's going to mention it. The fact that they're just hanging around waiting for Corel not to be almost dead is madness. And that is like a yeah. level of cheek to live at. That is. <laughs> they could just. Like, we're going to send the Endeavor. <laughs> I've been to the Endeavor. Have you? I have. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> No good. It's no good. <laughs> I mean, it's a great <laughs> shuttle for us human beings who've only thus far managed the moon. And that rocket yeah, at, much. 
At time of launch against the Goa'uld, those rockets were built on largely designs from the 1960s and 70s. Of course, because we, we always do everything like, you know, three steps behind. A million steps behind a Goa'uld. I can't even believe they thought we were a threat for even like one second. SG-1 decides that they're going to get in the death gliders because they managed to maneuver the C-4 ship to be closer to the not C-4 ship, so they blow, they both blow up. And uh, Jack doesn't like the idea of dying nobly. <laughs> yeah. So he... Uh, there's been a fruit fly in my office for a month. And I think I keep getting it, but I'm obviously not getting it every time. I'd say there's more than one. <laughs> Maybe it's more than one fruit fly. I would think that, except that it's only ever one. So it's not like it's a couple of fruit flies and I managed to get one. It's only ever one. I don't know where it's coming from, and it follows me around. It watches me paint. It watches me record. It does everything. <laughs> it's like, oh, God. Do you, eat in your, do you eat in your office? I do, but I do not throw food away in my office. Ooh, okay. It's wild. Oh, just I can't even imagine. That my number one fan is a fruit fly. Anyway. That's nice. I know. They get in those death gliders <laughs> and they leave. Uh, Daniel got in that, so dragged his sorry ass to a sarcophagus. Which, can, I, can I say something, please? Please. Can I just say something about that? Like, you remember a couple episodes ago where he got shot in the arm and he passed out because the wound was so bad that he couldn't even, like, stay conscious? Uh-huh. How was he able to, like, he got, he got a, this one, this time he got full blast in, like, part of his chest. How was he able to willingly drag himself to a sarcophagus, which I don't know how he found it. Oh, because it was in shipping and receiving, I think. Okay. But even so, how was he able to drag himself? Like, he took the pain this time? Well, you know, it's life or death. I guess you find, like, Herculean strength in your death moment, and you're like, I can drag myself to a sarcophagus, it'll be fine. But you couldn't do that, like, a couple episodes ago, where you got a shoulder wound, and you had to be put in a sling? Oh, he'll be a sling at the end of this one, too, let me tell you. I, I, I don't know. He's... Unbelievable. I love him. What? No, and what honest. happened to all that, you know, leave me behind stuff? He wanted to get left behind so he could get up in that sarcophagus and didn't want the others to wait for him while he heals in that thing. It takes a while. They needed He could ex- He could have explained the situation. He could have, but why do that? I told you, he's a puzzling man. <laughs> I guess. I'm pretty selfish, if I'm being honest. Daniel runs through the gate and jumps through. When Daniel comes out the other end, he just walks through, and I got confused for that in a, for like a minute. But then I realized he did he wouldn't have dialed home from the ship because it would have pro, it would have been too confusing, like the Antarctica gate, yeah, like a busy signal dialing would've, from your house. Yeah, that? so he he went to I think the, they see, he said the Alpha site. Yeah, he was like, oh, alternate reality called it the Beta site. Shut up, Daniel. Everyone's. <laughs> I was like, no one cares, Daniel. Who cares about your alternate reality, man? And then uh, they're getting ready to die in their gliders instead of being on the ship when it explodes. So a slow death instead of a fast one. When, yeah. When the good and old endeavor. <laughs> That's what they sent it up for, to rescue SG-1 from some as they look at As they look at the Earth and they're like, it's beautiful. Isn't it just so lovely? And there's the endeavor. He's going to take us. How did they get from one to the other? Like, deep breath? I don't know. I don't know. They never explained that. They were just like, hey, it's the Endeavor. Cut to next scene. Hey, we're back. 
Oh, look at the reunion with Daniel. So glad he made it out alive. Nobody gave Daniel a second thought once they left that ship. <laughs> Only Daniel gave Daniel I'm a pretty, thought. I think they did the the Armageddon thing where they connected both shuttles. Oh, okay. And ran across. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, like what they do? Take a real big deep breath, guys. Uh, and then yeah, right? uh, that's where you hear for the first time you hear my favorite one of my favorite phrases. Hammond of Texas. <laughs> <laughs> you are Hammond of Texas. Great and Hammond's just like, yeah. Yes. And he and he, he motions baldness onto his head and said, Hammond of Texas. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. Pre-tech is everything. Every time he's on. Jack and Daniel. There's a ship that launched, huh? A slash figure right? ship. Oh, boy. But you're right, though. Every time, Bra- every time Pre-tech is on, it's always a good episode. I swear to you. I gave it five stars, of course. Yeah, so so did I. And uh, in in the preview, uh, Sam gets taken over. I don't remember the specifics of this episode, but I feel like it's a Tokra Gateway episode. I think it is, yes. It is. Which is very exciting, because uh, my Twitter handle and like many other handles, Discord, etc., etc., stems from uh, the Tokra name. So, yay! Aha! All right, now it's time for our first cast member to be recast in Fantasy Recasting Zone, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've chosen to recast Daniel Jackson today. Yes. And uh, who have you chosen as your person? Miles Teller. Miles Teller. Let me see him. I get unfamiliar with people. Now, why are we picking him? Because he was—he already played like a scientist kind. Of, I mean, it was in a bad movie, the the bad Fantastic Four remake. That's but he was—but he was also in War Dogs, which was a pretty good movie. And mm-hmm. I just—he looks like a Daniel Jackson to me. Okay, very good, interesting. I know he was in Whiplash. He's the drummer in Whiplash. Yes, I forgot about Whiplash too. My choice. I cannot even express to you enough how much. I know he is a few years older than is necessary, but he's very young looking. Diego Luna, without question. Diego Luna. For Daniel Jackson? For Daniel Jackson. Diego Luna. Okay. I think he's got the, like, he has, like, the right, like, attitude. I don't, I might be basing this off his uh, Cassian Endor performance, but, um, yeah, I think he can. I think he's got the right kind of expressive, like, Daniel's supposed to be the emotional barometer of the team, probably. Even though yeah, he's like the conscience, he's the conscience of the group, right? Is he? I mean, he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be. <laughs> but is he? Like, can, <laughs> like, uh, Cassian Andor in Star Wars, he is very mission-oriented, but then, is he, though? No, nah, he's pretty practical when, it, when he has to be. He's pretty pragmatic when he has to be. Except he doesn't pull the trigger when he's supposed to. So that's very Daniel-ish to me. I think he would do very well in the role, even though he's a little bit older. He's 40. And I don't really care oh. that he's 40. Who'd you get for uh, O'Neill? Easy. We do one a week, buddy. Oh, okay. We can't go faster than that. Otherwise, we're going to burn <laughs> through the entire cast. Don't th- I already have a Jack. Don't worry. And he's still the best Jack. And I'm saving it. So maybe next week we can do Jack. My okay. th- my Jack is bar none. I mean, I love that I picked Diego Luna for uh. For I can't Jack. see Diego Luna in glasses though. Really? 
Oh, I could see him in some smart, smart little glasses with some little, like, he doesn't need the 90s uh, floppy hair, but he could, he carries off 90s floppy hair. He's had floppy hair. You think so? Yeah, and he's got, like, a, like a, a really fit build that isn't, like, muscles working out muscles on top of muscles, you know what I mean? Like, you need that mm-hmm. for Teal. You don't really need that for Daniel, even though he gets them later on. Okay. It doesn't matter. Uh, and I've liked all of the the movies that Diego Luna has been in. Like I went on a real hot streak for that guy for a while, and he's sweet. <laughs> I mean, look at that little face. He's got Diego a good Dane. He's got a really good Daniel face. Mm. Like Daniel never grows in. Like he grows in some facial hair, but it, I don't know. It doesn't look very good. It doesn't look like Daniel. It's like whatever. He looks like Daniel. Granted, a lot of his movies are in Spanish because <laughs> they're all Mexican movies. Yes. <laughs> but that's okay. Got anything you want to add? Um, everyone be safe. Everyone be safe. You can hit us up on Facebook or Twitter uh, at ZPM Stargate is the handle everywhere. So Instagram, Facebook, Stargate, all of them. All over the place. That's where we are. Let us know who you would recast Daniel Jackson as. That would be very interesting to see. Otherwise, everybody, stay well and goodbye. See you later.